most people who buy businesses destroy them in the first year. That's because they don't know what SEO strategy to actually implement, and most importantly, how. Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast of the day. I'm speaking with Sophie Brennan. Now, she is an SEO specialist, um, industry speaker, and author from the UK. She's worked agency side for the past seven years. Most recently, she um, has worked as a client services director, and she has led SEO campaigns for a range of businesses from small startups to multinationals in highly competitive industries, including finance, health, and tech. And her focus is not on rankings. It's on delivering ROI and showcasing the value of SEO as a digital channel, helping businesses to better attract, engage, and convert their site visitors. So in this podcast episode, Sophie and I talk about why you shouldn't just focus on traffic alone when working on an SEO campaign, what you should be focusing on. We talk about how to start an SEO campaign at the top of funnel, why at the top of funnel, and why to, and how to bring people in over time and make that your main goal. Now, we also talk about the four main pillars of SEO, what good user experience looks like for your website in terms of navigation links and all that sort of stuff. We talk about how to do internal linking properly and not just checking the box of including a few internal links in each of your articles. (laughs) We talk about what multimodal search is and how to prepare for it um, with your business. We talk about where ego gets in the way of a business that actually wants to scale and so much more in between. Now, this is such a valuable episode. I'm sure you're gonna get so much value from it. Before we dive in, if you are thinking of doing some SEO or having an SEO strategy or building your SEO campaign out and you want help, reach out to us at the Bob SEO service. We've been getting people incredible results uh, over the last few months and the last year, really. And uh, yeah, if you just wanna chat, let us know. Let's dive into the pod. Have you been lied to about how to increase organic traffic and grow your website? I too used to think that all you needed to do is add more content and gain backlinks. But this just doesn't work. More content and more links alone is not the answer. Nor do you need to butcher your website with generic SEO changes you picked up on some crummy online tutorial leaving with a Frankenstein website that's slow and clunky. And because I got sick of seeing great people with great websites struggle to grow them, I decided to do something about it. I created an SEO service, which is not just about publishing content and getting links. Sure, we offer that. But first, we give you quick wins, which are SEO tweaks we can make to your website that actually boost your rankings. And then we lay out a killer SEO strategy to acquire more traffic and revenue that outranks your competitors with less content and less links. We've thoroughly tested this service on many websites before launching it and have achieved incredible results, which you'll see on our landing page I'm about to share with you. Now you can finally buy a business and give it to us to grow it for you. To check out our SEO service, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash SEO hyphen services and book a call to chat with us to see what is the best growth strategy for you and your website. That's buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash SEO services and the link will be in the description too. Sophie, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. So you say you don't re- you don't focus on rankings, but instead results. Can you explain a little bit about like what you mean for people listening that it's not just about ranking on page one when it comes to SEO? Yeah, absolutely. So I think traditionally a lot of the way people view SEO is keywords, 
individual visibility rankings, looking at um, main head terms and specifically ranking for those individual ones. The way SEO has kind of evolved is focusing more on, in my opinion, traffic and some of those actual key um, metrics that more of those C-suite individuals, people who don't actually work in SEO day to day, really want to focus on. So things like actually the money behind it, transactions, revenue, lead generation, so actually numbers of leads coming through, all different things like these kind of metrics. And the reason for that is because a lot of people in these more C-suite positions, people who don't have a key understanding of SEO, they don't really care about specific positions as such. They care so much more about Um, the actual monetary value behind that what they're putting in versus what they're getting out and a keyword ranking in terms of reporting on that isn't going to be giving them that kind of connection right so really kind of understanding from their point of view what their objective is for the campaign what they're really trying to achieve is that an increase in organic traffic is that an increase in revenue is that an increase in transactions what means the most to them and actually reporting on and focusing on that avenue and that side of things when you're putting together an SEO strategy is so much more important than just saying okay here's a specific keyword let's try rank for that mm-hmm. the other thing around that as well is also just looking at like the way Google is changing and the way that search results have changed over time you can't just rank for a single keyword anymore and expect that to be the same everywhere so whether you're um, trying to work in the Australian market whether you're working in the US market um, there's so many variables now, local search, um, map listings, people also ask all of these new features that are coming in. So you can't just rely on a single um, keyword ranking now. Same with SGE and with that coming in. Like The way that the search landscape is just changing over time, originally it was featured snippets, now it's going to be the SGE AI kind of functionality behind Google. Having just a single keyword ranking now and focusing on that as a specific kind of metric it's just not going to cut it when it comes to looking at your budgets looking at really getting that buy-in from people and higher up in the business whether that's agency side or whether that is in-house yeah i love that let's let's talk about that keyword and what the other variables are instead of just ranking for just one keyword soon i want to break down something else that you said you mentioned uh what's the basically what's your goal, which is the first thing that people should be thinking about is, you know, do you have a product that you want to sell? And if so, what is that product? And how do you how do you make money through that product and try and make that your goal and then ranking for a certain keyword and then your SEO strategy will be built to you achieving that goal versus what a lot of content site owners do or bloggers do is they think, all right, cool, I got a blog. The goal is more traffic. When reality more traffic isn't always going to get you the results right because you could be you could just start ranking for a bunch of things and try and create a, a content strategy that doesn't give you the right traffic or the traffic that's actually going to purchase or make you that sort of money. So what sort of goal would you say somebody with a blog, say in a niche such as just like surfing and they're making money mostly just through ads, what sort of goal would you say they should set yeah, cool. So you did mention keywords like rank for one keyword is not the, you know, trying to do that is not the best approach. But prior to that, you were talking about what to build an SEO strategy based on. And what I find most people doing 
when they have a blog or a content site is building out a strategy based on, I just need to get more traffic. Whereas more traffic is not the actual, typically if you're running a business, it's not the actual goal because you could acquire the wrong traffic, right? You could acquire traffic yeah. that may not actually purchase your product or if you don't have a product, may not be close to purchasing an affiliate product. So how do, how do you suggest people first and foremost with say a blog that may not sell a digital product or a physical product and they're making money through ads or affiliate products, how would you help them define what their actual goal should be before they start building the strategy out? So I think it ties back into overall business objectives, right? No matter what you're doing from a marketing perspective, it should always tie back into your overarching business. Like what are you trying to achieve? If you were setting up a website, what is your end goal with that? Um, when it comes to kind of driving that quality traffic, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can define what quality actually is. For a lot of people, if it is um, a, an affiliate blog, for example, quality traffic is people who are then going to kind of come onto a particular page and then click through to the affiliate or click through on the affiliate link and then continue through that journey. Um, what that kind of looks like from an SEO strategy point of view, I mean, you could look at the top of the funnel traffic or the top of the funnel kind of terms, top of the funnel kind of um, visibility, should I say. And the types of people that are going to come in through there, maybe are not even aware that they have a problem. They may be completely unaware that you offer that kind of a product or you offer that kind of a service or whatever that is. Um, they may or they may be aware that they have a problem, but they just don't know what the solution is. Like that kind of top of the funnel avenue is very, very broad. If that is too broad in terms of the traffic you want to drive in the short term, that's very much of a long-term goal, then you can start looking further down the funnel. Okay, people have a problem. They know what the problem is. They know they need a solution. They're just trying to find what that solution works or what solution works best for them. Um, so that's where you can build out a really strong content strategy around more of that middle of the funnel opportunity. So looking at um, particular page types, looking at um, more kind of answering small product specific questions or service specific questions that people might have that can help them to continue through that journey. Um, and then you can look at bottom of the funnel, bottom of the funnel where people are more likely to convert. The problem with focusing on these people, first of all, is a lot of the people may not know you exist in the first place. So while it's important that you have a lot of very specific content around whether that's your affiliate products, whether that's a specific product you're selling, whether that's a service, if you're on more of a lead gen kind of site, um, really pinpointing down on those people, you're not going to gain a lot very quickly from that because, again, the volume of those people is much smaller than, say, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel. However, they're the ones who are kind of higher quality overall because they're more likely to convert. So you do really have to find that balance from an overall strategy perspective. But really, the middle of the funnel is a great place to start. Then building out some of that bottom of the funnel because you've already identified people who they know they have a problem, they're looking for a solution, then you give them that solution. Um, but then that top of the funnel should never, ever be ignored, no matter what industry you're in, whether that's affiliate, whether that's e-com, whether that is uh, lead gen, no matter what it is build out that brand visibility even if it's really kind of um a little bit generic almost and it's not super related to your service as an example working uh, at the moment with custom t-shirt company and um, really looking at the types of audience that we're driving so that's small businesses perhaps that it could be um schools that could be uh, religious groups it could be political parties things like that 
and just defining what those audience types look like, breaking those down into subsets rather than just people who are looking for custom t-shirts. Like that is so broad. And then just being able to build out content around that, identifying what problems each of those individual subsets have, and then helping them to progress through that journey. Yeah. So you could you give us an example of top of funnel content for that t-shirt company and what what sort of strategy they'd be looking for in terms of starting to create top level content as an SEO strategy and working their way down towards the bottom of funnel sort of strategy? Absolutely. So one of the things that um, that particular site offers is um, templates. So uh, most of our kind of target audience will come onto the site and they'll have their own design to upload. Um, And they just kind of go through the process. They know they need a t-shirt, they've got their own logo, off they go um, kind of very quickly through the process. There's also a selection of people who don't have their own logo, but they do want to have a custom shirt. Maybe it's for a bachelorette party or maybe it's for just a group trip, something like that. Um, But they just don't really know where to start. Like they're not a graphic designer. It's just everyday people. It could be, like I was saying earlier, a religious group or it could be a school, something like that. Um, So an example of the top of the funnel content would be, um, say they're going on a trip to Las Vegas. Um, It's a, I don't know, yeah, bachelorette party to Las Vegas. Top of the funnel kind of content around that would be um, top 20 Las Vegas um, designs or something like that. So where we actually put together um, a bunch of our own kind of different templates specifically focusing on Las Vegas or um, another example, Las Vegas bachelorette ideas. So something really generic that's not even actually related to our T-shirts or anything like that. But throughout the content, it's a big listicle article. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's even a 50 or 100 different ideas that we kind of list out. Um, and with each of those ideas, there's different templates for each one. And then people can then kind of go on there. They know they're kind of looking at planning a bachelorette party. They're looking at potentially Vegas. They're looking for different ideas. They're not really very far down that journey. It's kind of very much um, in the ideation process. But then we're already in front of them before they even know they're officially going to Vegas or anything like that. They're still in that planning phase. We're straight away there. We're trying to rank this long form piece of content, maybe just a blog, something like that. In this case, it's a listicle. Um, and then later on, they may refer back to this article and say, oh, okay, maybe we need some matching T-shirts to go with this uh, on this holiday with. And then they click on the template, go f- straight through to the design studio, and then they kind of go through that process there. Or maybe they don't, but at the same time, we're building our brand visibility for people who in the future may need something that we offer, whether that's a T-shirt, a hat, or something like that um, but with their own design on it. We've given them that overall idea and we're increasing our brand visibility. Um, And that's really what that top of the funnel content is about. It's not necessarily about actually driving sales. And this is something that a lot of SEOs, I think, do forget. Is that while SEO and organic is a really important strategy for revenue, transactions, lead gen, things like that, and actually more of that bottom of the funnel, what SEO also is, it's, it's... in the words of Eli Schwartz, because I've been listening to loads of his stuff recently, SEO is an assist. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a matter of we feed into all of these other marketing channels, right? So that way, if we build up our brand visibility, if we build up everything overall, we do also focus on traffic, not just the revenue and the transactions. That could ultimately lead to revenue coming through or leads coming through from other channels. So it's important to also keep an eye on how you're 
organic channel is feeding into everything else as well. Yeah, love it. So w- this is for a larger firm, right? I wanted to ask you, like, what does a one-man band business owner do differently with their SEO than, say, a, a multinational company? Is that just one one thing that they would look at is, is different levels of the funnel um, with content strategy? What are some of the other things that multinational companies would be doing with their SEO campaigns compared to like a, a one-man band, like a blog owner? So I find with a lot of multinational companies, you end up facing a lot of barriers with SEO because a lot of the time you're trying to really balance that brand versus the SEO. You don't often have a lot of those restrictions when it comes to small businesses because it is just a one-man band, for example. I still think having that kind of broad range of content, different content types, being as visible as possible at all different stages of the journey is a strategy that's important for all types of businesses, whether they are a blog, one-man band, whether it's a multinational e-commerce site, whether it's, um, I don't know, Walt Disney, (laughs) things like that. There's so many different types of content that you can kind of build out, no matter who you are, no matter your size. But the biggest differentiator there is resource and time and how much you can actually push out. And I think that's where the prioritization efforts come in. Um, one of the things, obviously, I'm talking a lot about content, but that's only a very small part of SEO, really. You've got your three, or should I say, four main pillars if you're going to split out user experience. What a one-man band blogger should focus on first and foremost is making sure their site's even crawlable and indexable because they could be building out all of this content. But if like the basic kind of tech SEO elements are not right, say, for example, the site is completely no-indexed and they have no idea, like they could be doing all of this for no reason. Nothing's going to change. Um, so with a multinational company, a lot of that would have already been covered, like probably by devs, whether it's done the right way or not. It's a completely different argument. <laughs> and that's the whole kind of SEO dev kind of balance that you need to really kind of uh, work out over time. But when it comes to small man band, one man band kind of blog sites, things like that, just ticking off some of those kind of basic tech SEO elements first, then starting to look at content. And then gradually over time, another reason why content is so good is because a lot of that could be um, acquiring links for you over time as well. Um, And that will be kind of focusing on your link efforts because the chances are a small one-man band isn't going to have budget, time, resource, things like that to focus on digital PR, link acquisition efforts and and all of those different elements. So for small one-man bands, tick off the tech SEO, like the basics, and then focus on the content side. Yeah. This is what I recommend people do when they buy a business. A lot of people listening buy a a content site, a blog, and they want to grow it. And first thing they typically do is they just try and work out, how do I build out my content machine? Typically get them to get an SEO order or an SEO on board to clean up Core Web Vitals, clean up any tech ish, SEO issues issues because then they're building on a more solid platform. So whatever content exactly. they do create, they're putting their best foot forward and they're sort of setting themselves up for success versus like, let's just try and do what I think I need to do and just chuck a bunch of more content on, on this site. So I want to talk about the four, you, you mentioned four pillars uh, of SEO, one being user experience, user design, what are the other three? Um, content, offsite, and tech SEO. Okay. Um, a lot of people will refer it as three pillars, um, and that's like just the general way. But I do like to split out UX from tech SEO because it is different, in my mm. opinion. As much as it all feeds in together, like your content's got to be good for user experience, your tech's got to be good for user experience, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I do see it as a separate entity when it comes to more of the 
um, more about the user navigation through the site. So I'm talking about things like checkout experience or for kind of blog articles, making sure you've not just got like a ton of ads everywhere that people can't actually find content and, you know, stuff like that, which is really common, really, really common. But, you know, it just ruins the user experience. And eventually, when although Google says it's going to impact you now, it doesn't as much as it probably should. Um, those kind of like ads, uh, interstitial ads, things like that will really harm your rankings in the future because it's all about users now yeah let's go there we've opened up the user experience (laughs) so uh with with user experience you've mentioned too many ads is not great ezoic have done a study on uh more ads can equal less revenue um, Mm -hmm. because of user experience and obviously it's going to only evolve more in the future with how google and search engines rank sites and behave differently. <clears throat> what are some of the other things? Um, navigation being a big one. Let's talk about navigation. Like what would you what would you recommend is good, like a good example of good navigation? Um, when it comes to your actual nav bar in particular, having your main hub pages there, having like if you're a blog website, for example, having your key category pages in there that then will feed into other pages. Just having a really solid hierarchy. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of particularly blog businesses really struggle with, and I have seen it on a lot of e-com as well, is just cramming too much in there. Like, And you get to a point where you're just like, I just don't even know where to go. Decision <laughs> um, fatigue. It's just decision fatigue, right? Yeah, That's what it exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you just get to a point, you open up the nav, and it's like, okay, there is everything here, but I'm feeling really overwhelmed now, and I'm just yeah. probably not going to bother. But then at the other end of that, if you don't have enough, you're probably well no one's ever going to find your pages in the first place unless you have like an insane footer at the bottom and there's arguments for and against about whether people actually even scroll down to the footer and and kind of navigate through that and things like that people outside of kind of the industry probably won't find your html sitemap that's if you've even got one and they're definitely not going to use it and i think seos need to remember that because i feel like there's so much like waiting held on a html sitemap of it's fine we don't have to have like really strong internal linking or a really solid nav or a really good hierarchy so what are html sitemaps people just find us there like no 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 one even knows what that is like normal people who don't do this every day right yeah um so that's obviously really important as well so yeah just like having a really clear structured hierarchy having balance in terms of like the quantity of things in your navigation um but then generally making sure that you've got a really clear kind of internal link in and i'm not just talking about kind of links within your content which is very important and i will never say that's not because like that's really strong in terms of relevancy it's really good for kind of link equity distribution it's really good for user navigation through the site having really optimized anchor text that kind of element should always be done. But even just having, whether it's um, filters, whether it's kind of like uh, maybe tabs at the top of kind of some of your main category pages or kind of main kind of blog articles, things like that, that just connects you to really other relevant pieces of information on the site. So if it is a blog site, having your related posts, having different areas that people can navigate to around a similar topic simply and easily that looks really good on desktop looks really good on mobile because that's the other issue people tend to make it look good on one um Mm. tends to be on desktop even if you've got really strong mobile traffic just because desktop is probably what you're using every day 
whether that's a dev, whether that's an SEO, you kind of do forget to check on mobile sometimes about what that even looks like. Mm-hmm. And so just having that overall balance. But yeah, just a really strong hierarchy. Just let people find what you want them to find as easily as possible without overwhelming them. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because I think people, when it comes to anything, well, most most things in terms of growth, we want to get a result or pull people off the page and make money as soon as possible. But I think they forget the relationship of trust and building a brand and harnessing a relationship and how much that can help. Like when you build up that relationship and that bank of trust, the people are only going to be so much closer to a sale or working with your brand. They, you know, when the relationship is so strong, you kind of can't not go with that brand, right? Yeah. And I think people are just trying to just do it all on one page or, you know, do it in the shortest possible, easiest version. But like what you're saying with the internal linking structure, actually thinking about, all right, they're on this page to learn how to uh, buy a surfboard. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about like the top best surfboards for beginners and then on that same page you might have an internal link for like if you feel like you are an advanced version or you're starting to become more than a beginner then maybe check out our other posts on intermediate surfboards and people can go deeper Mm -hmm. and allow people to move throughout the site in a way that they can continuing to stay on your site amazing for seo right uh time on page and also you're getting more behavior in terms of like engagement, user experience. Um, it's re- like, and then you've got people that are the human being, the users that are using it. What they're doing is they're building more trust within your brand, right? Versus exactly. like, let's just chuck on like one or three links, internal links on this on the page and cool, I've ticked the box, right? Like be a bit more yeah. intentional with it. Exactly. More strategic with your internal linking, just overall and just like the layout of it, like where they're where they're actually being embedded in content, where they're being placed on the page, just having much more of like an overarching kind of view of what that should look like as a user. And I really like what you were talking about there about the brand. Um, because obviously EAT or EEAT as it is now, like building that out, making sure that you are trustworthy, making sure you are an authority. Mm. But ultimately, no matter what Google throws at you. If you are a strong brand in SERPs, you're not really going to disappear. And I think this is the big fear that SEOs have when it comes to, oh, we've got this latest core algorithm update and, oh, my God, like, it's very scary and Google's making all these changes and, oh, AI is coming and it's going to take over our job. And everyone's just, like, always on edge. But you don't need to be. Like, just build out this brand, build out the trustworthiness of your website. And, okay, you might drop in some rankings here and there with an algorithm update, but you're probably going to gain somewhere else. If you've got a really robust strategy overall, like, you just don't need to be afraid of whatever Google's doing. Like, they're going to keep doing it. Like, they roll out, what, 200 plus or thousands, actually, I think, algorithm updates every year. The occasional core update is happening more and more. But are they as scary as what, like, Penguin, Panda and all of that used to be? No. Is it going to be another 2018 medic update? I don't think so, because that was just clearing a load of shit out from the internet in the first place. You know, like, it's not going to be as volatile as maybe what that ever used to be. You will probably see some changes, but chances are, and this is is what I've seen with almost every algo update ever, they hit sites that have low trust, they hit sites with really crap user experience and really, really bad content. So just don't do any of those things and you'll be all right, right? 
Yeah, and if you do the opposite of that, like you have really good user experience and really good content and really good trust metrics from your users, like when the algo updates happen, you're going to put yourself, you're going to set yourself up for success and you're going to rise to the top and other people will sink to the bottom because they haven't done that work, right? Like it's people are scared because they don't understand how to play by the rules and they don't understand how to make Google happy. Like Google is our business partner basically. And would you try and play a game against your business partner or would you just give them what they want, right? Give them more of what they want. If you give more of your business partner what they want, they're going to be happier. Everybody's going to be happier and they're going to reward you for it as well. Like just put them, put it on your side, right? Exactly. And like, and I really love seeing um, all over Twitter and things like that. You've got all of these techniques that have come up they've not even really come out the woodwork they've been around for a really long time but there's one in particular that lots of people are talking about of parasite seo and it's out it, even just the name of parasite seo doesn't sound too great does it like it sounds like okay we're definitely like treading a line um but it's basically just like gaming google and it's trying to like find ways around google's guidelines and really pushing pushing things to the limit and it does work for a lot of niche websites and it does work for a lot of industries because as robust as Google is, like they're not going to be everywhere. But sure, that might work in the short term, but long term, like just focus on the user experience, focus on that brand trust, focus on pushing out good quality content, focus on like really strong link acquisition, whether that's through digital PR or other means, like there's so many different ways that you can do it. Like just focusing on those different elements, you're going to be absolutely fine. Whether Even if you get impacted short term, like you're going to bounce back with the next one. Yeah, yeah. Let's stick with the uh, crazy clean website uh, in terms of you having a crazy clean website. What other user experience things should we be thinking about to keep their site clean? Um, In terms of the user experience, I mean, speed core web vitals is always going to be a big thing. Even if Google has kind of come out and removed, like, I guess the prominence of core web vitals, I think there was a really big, when they announced core web vitals was going to be a thing, everyone turn around as they do with everything whether that's faq schema whether that's review schema core web vitals is another one where they go oh my god all of my resources need to go on this because there's new things coming out and like we just need to make sure everything's at 100 and everything's green and everything's perfect like google itself doesn't even use the tools that we use as seos to score a website as such like page speed insights for example everyone tries to get it in the green as close to 100 as possible it's more of a measurement tool for us as seos like google doesn't use that and i have seen examples where sites that are slower according to page speed insights rank so much higher than sites with like 100 scored um but the reason for that is because the other side of user experience not just speed um obviously speed is very important not detracting from that at all like it is important to have it very fast but if it's like within 0.5 seconds or something like that um there's other elements of user experience like we was talking about having too many ads on a page interstitial ads that are popping up all the time and you can't actually navigate or read the content now a really good example of this and this is spoken about a lot um, particularly digital pr um is a uk company called reach plc um, they're basically a large news site um, and they just have like they own like all of the local newspapers essentially um, and 
on their site as you're going through there's just a ton of ads everywhere so you can't even actually read the articles at all like it's really difficult you know the difference between um, an article and an ad sometimes right exactly exactly and that's just really confusing for people um and i get it from like a trying to make people click on the ads perspective because you're going to get paid like awesome but all you're doing really is frustrating people so like really strategic placement is so much more important from a user perspective yeah i would not want to make money by click people clicking on ads that aren't what they want and have a more frustrated experience by being by that happening on my within my domain and my site mm -hmm. it's crazy right yeah, um, it is. Mo multi-modal search <laughs> what is it um you say it's just around the corner what what is multi-modal search it's interesting is what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, very interesting. So things like Google Lens coming out. Um, now we've obviously got all of different types of AI that's potentially impacting the way we search, the way we do things day to day, the way we as SEOs kind of work. Um, just really different ways that you're able to use a search engine. So the big one back in, oh, I want to say like 2012, that everyone was talking about was voice search and voice search is going to change the way like people do seo and the whole search landscape things like that i know like myself personally huge fan of the amazon alexis like i think we've got three or four in the house something like that speaking to my american colleagues i think they've got something of like seven or eight different voice search kind of assistants and things like that wow. but they're actually using it more for just switching on and lights and stuff you know like actually connecting all of those kind of things like it's super cool and um, i'm a little bit too afraid of it like the kind of technology to have it control most of my house so far but we'll see we'll get there um but pulling that back into kind of search landscape google lens you take a picture of a particular item and it pops up um with what that item is where you can buy it from if it can find it it's not perfect i think it's going to take a really long time for that to happen um and then just other like search generative experiences so obviously sge itself coming in changing kind of search landscape potentially changing how people do seo strategy um and just all of these just other types of ways that people are actually using google as a search engine tiktok prime example coming in they've just released their new shop uh, feature that's potentially um i say potentially going to take over e-commerce i mean instagram released instagram shop and that died out pretty quickly so you know <laughs> but there's different generations that search in different ways and that kind of use things differently. Amazon came in and completely kind of upturned e-commerce. Um, will Google ever not be the big one? I don't think so. I think if anything ever becomes a, that big of a threat, Google will just buy it anyway. <laughs> and they'll just use it as part of, like they can. Why wouldn't they? They did it with YouTube, you know. So yeah, there's all of these different types of ways that people are searching, different kind of results, different kind of almost search engines themselves. So like I say, with TikTok, with Amazon, Google Lens, like there's just different ways that people are able to find what they're looking for and just being able to really adapt your strategy around those things. So whether that's building out kind of more visibility on platforms like TikTok, but only if that's where your audience actually is, mm -hmm. making sure your images are compatible with Google Lens. I mean, that's just making sure they're really optimized, making sure that alt tags are correct, making sure they're high quality images. You know, that should be done anyway from a user experience perspective, making sure you've got good quality content that answers people's questions. And that might potentially pop up when it comes to kind of voice search and things like that. Well, 
you're probably never going to get referenced, even if that content comes in, because you're just feeding the AI bot anyway. Um, but then eventually, like, you're going to show up and people also ask. You're going to potentially show up better in SGE. You're going to really rank higher for a lot of your terms because you're giving people what they want. And that's what SEO is all about. Just, like, do really good content, do really good things on your website that people actually enjoy. Like, it's not that difficult. Yeah, it's not. It's thinking about, not thinking about in terms of, like, how do I do good SEO on my site versus how do I make sure that my website is just like the best website in my niche for what we're actually doing and make it like an amazing experience. So as soon as they get to the website, that is like, oh, damn, this is exactly what I've been thinking about and I didn't even know mm-hmm. like I need to read this piece of content and you read that piece of content and it's an absolutely awesome and then you've got internal links that navigate you to other rabbit holes. You stay on the site for like a whole hour reading content and you're like, where can I throw my money at this 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 business, right? Exactly. Like it's starting with starting with the humans first. A hundred percent. And again, I mean, it's everything that Google's ever told us to do is focus on users first. But people just want to game Google, and I get it. Like you, you want to be as visible as possible. You want to create all of this spider web of content, but just do it in a way that is actually going to benefit your target audience. And I think that's where people struggle is they don't know who their audience is. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of go, I want to rank for this specific, really, I want to rank for red dress. I mean, that's really difficult. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you've, got, you've got these like huge brands that are doing it. Yeah. Um, but like, are people actually looking for red dresses on your site or are they looking for very kind of more specific terms? When it comes to more of like the blog articles, for example, you mentioned about surfboards previously. Um, is your target audience just beginners? Can you build out kind of content all around like a hub and spoke kind of strategy of all of this kind of long tail terms, all of these different articles around different types of beginner surfboards, um, surf techniques, like areas um, to surf that are best for beginners. You know, there's all of this. People don't just stay beginners for long. Like, they then practice and things kind of get better and everything. Well, then intermediate, then expert. And then you can just build out this huge site of all of this really good content. Mm-hmm. But you're starting with a very niche audience that then you're building out and growing as your audience grows as well. Yeah, I love that. And what I've realized to take the what I've realized to take the ego out of a business and the like saying, Oh, I grew my business this way. If you just take yourself out of the picture and you just listen to what your audience wants, you might start at the very beginning and then just by evolution of you creating awesome content and answering their questions, there's going to be more questions that pop up and there's going to be more feedback that they need and they're going to need, you're going to see that people are going to go to the next part of the journey or to the next step. Of course, then you're just learning from them and they're building their, they're building, if you listen to them and give them what they want, they're technically building the business for you. They're telling you what they need. Exactly. They're telling you what they're spending money on. They're telling you what they're spending time on on the next step. If you just give them what they need, they're building the business for you. And it's exactly. easier. You just need to learn to listen to the business and tune into the business, right? 100%. And like this is where that kind of ego element can actually really harm, whether it's an SEO strategy or just general marketing. Um, and I'll give you an example of this. I was working with a financial investment company um and they offered expert insights 
So they essentially were just like um, giving people access to professionals in the industry who could then give them advice on whether or not they should invest in spe uh, in specific businesses to kind of put it um, as, as easily as I can. Um, it's very, very intricate. But they refused to have any reference of expert insights on their website. And they were like, oh, no, we're this... We, we, we don't want to reference ourselves as what we do. We want to be this other kind of company. We want to build out this new product and this new kind of service that no one's even looking for yet. Awesome. Like, that's great. And you know what? Like, I'm a big fan of people kind of going to market with a new idea, but only when it is a new idea. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was something that other people had already done, but they just didn't want to associate in the same way as their competitors. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a real big challenge because it is that ego aspect and balancing brand versus SEO and other marketing. I think it's important. And another example of that is um, really big luxury brands. You will never find huge amounts of content on luxury brand category pages, subcategory pages, things like that on e-commerce. And you especially won't find certain types of content on kind of more of the blog side of things, blog businesses, when it comes to luxury brands, because they're very protective of that kind of brand and the niche that they're kind of building into. Um, so there is an element of balance there, but you also have to, as you say, pull your ego out of it a little bit and actually look at who you're talking to as a business. Who is your target audience? What are they looking for? How are they searching? Um, what, like, what does your business mean to them at the end of the day? Because it can mean something completely different to you. And when you've built the business, when you've buried yourself in the business, when you're even just coming into the business as like a separate entity, you don't always have that bigger picture. You're very tunnel visioned. So it is important to have that kind of outside perspective, whether that's in surveys, whether that's in having a consultant come in and kind of look at it from a bigger perspective, whether that's having kind of an external SEO team or um, just a general marketing advisor, something like that. They can just give you that bigger picture because they could say, okay, here's your total addressable market. It's huge, but all you're focusing on is this tiny little bubble and the reason for that is because you're pinholing yourself in like this particular brand and this particular style. You've got this huge amount of potential that you can't even tap into right now unless you do X, Y, and Z things with your strategy. So there's so many different ways that you can focus on it. But yeah, just taking that ego out of it is so important. Yeah, in in every aspect. I I used to say, oh, you know, I've I've done really well, I've grown this business, but I didn't, you know, grow my business like I have to give all the credit to everybody else because they literally just like told me what to do, <laughs> like what they <laughs> need and I just give it to them. Like, and I think that's the smartest way to do it anyway. If you're depending on what you like with, if you think about it in the terms of ego, people like, it's funny that they might want to achieve a certain level in their business or have a certain sort of certain brand. Uh, but, or like, and some, some people, will measure companies by the size of their team, right? Yeah. And they like want to get to like a hundred person team or something ridiculous, whatever it is. And it might not be ridiculous to some people, it might be some might be something awesome and achieve and an achievement they really want to do. But to get to that hundred person team from five, like you can't not listen to what your customers want. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just going to hire all these people and try and make business work versus grow it organically from the inside out, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's really where those big barriers come in. It's it's that ego and it it can destroy businesses really, really easily. Mm. Um, because they just pinhole themselves and pigeonhole themselves in 
like a way that they actually end up not being able to break out of. So sometimes you do just need that kind of external advice and opinion and just look at your target audience, look at what they need. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Sophie. We finally made it happen, even with all the tech issues. Uh, really appreciate you coming and having a chat. Where can we send people to uh, find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, definitely head over to my Twitter. It's at Sophie Brannan and also my LinkedIn as well. Um, I've been a little bit quiet since being tra- going traveling and things like that, but I'm back now. I am going to be going full force with like sharing lots of insights, all those different types of things. And then also my website as well is just sophiebrannan.com. So we'd love for you to all check it out. And thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Check those uh, links out in the show note, guys, and I'll see you on the next one. Hey, YouTube watcher. If you thought that video is good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy. Or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out. It's an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.